0: Hey guys, welcome back to a Pro Wrestling Podcast with Matt and friends. I am here joined by pro wrestler Jeremy Prophet. Jeremy, what's going on, man? Oh, uh, Matt, I'm glad to be here. I know that uh, this is, I think, going to be episode number two.
1: Wish I could have been number one, but better later than never.
0: So That's okay, man. I, I, hey, they probably. say first is the worst, second is the best, you know? So it <laughs> works out for you, you know? No, I mean, first interview was cool, man. I'm honored to have you here today, you know, um... I actually just watched a lot of your matches on YouTube. Uh, I've seen the one you had against Ethan Page, which was pretty cool.
1: Ethan Page. That must have been a long time ago because he and I haven't been in the ring in, I'd say, easily well over 10 years.
0: Yeah, I mean, I've seen, seen a match on there, man. It was pretty cool. Pretty cool. Okay. Yeah, um, I mean,
1: back when he was kind of just starting out in wrestling, I think I may have been one of his first, uh, easily one of his first 50 matches. Uh, which is totally awesome. Way, you know? way back in Ontario. Yeah, back, back in the day in Ontario. Yeah. I remember that Ethan page. Uh, there was a time where every time I would go and do a show when I started out wrestling in Ontario, this is like around 2007 or so, uh, 2007, 2008. Uh, it just seemed like we'd always be getting paired up on shows together. He and I, so we had a lot of matches in a short span of time.
0: Yeah. I mean, a lot of wrestlers come from Ontario, which is really cool. Um, you know, I've, I've talked to, when I had my last interview, um, Vic, Vic, uh, was telling me how he trained in Canada and, uh, He was wrestling with, like, Tyson Ducks and stuff like that. And um, I mean, have you ever been in the ring with any of those guys? A1, Tyson Dukes?
1: Oh, yeah. I wrestled Tyson Dukes. I had a hell of a match with him here up in Quebec, where I'm from. Uh, Great, fantastic match. Uh, I even teamed with him in Ontario, in Barry Ontario, uh, in a match involving Val Venus, who's on the other side. Uh, It was Val Venus and Sexy Eddie against me and Tyson. Uh, I think the world of Tyson, I think he's a fantastic talent, one of the best guys I've ever been in the ring with. And yeah, uh, yeah, that just speaks volumes to how good the talent is here in Canada. And it's kind of been my crusade to try to put as many eyes on them as possible because we don't have the same opportunities as the wrestlers in the States. It's not how it should be, but unfortunately it is what it is, but it's not what it has to be.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I get that. I mean, I think Canada, I mean, uh, I have fight TV on my app, you know, and I watch, there's a, a promotion on there. I forget what it's called, but it's a Canadian website or a Canadian promotion, Um, And I've watched a bunch of stuff on there. Tyson Dukes was on there, stuff like that. So it's pretty cool to watch him. Um, You know, a lot of people don't get to see his stuff as much when he's not in TNA from his earlier years in TNA. Um, You know, I just discovered you uh, actually a couple months ago before I actually talked to you. Um, You know, it's very hard to follow independent wrestling and, and learn these people, especially when they're not in the states you're in. Yeah. Um, so it's very hard to do that. But, I mean, I want to say this, man. I mean, you're ridiculously talented. I think you're really good. Um, and Sexy Eddie, actually, I think he's one of your old tag team partners, right? Uh, yeah, we've been tag
1: team partners. We've been rivals. Uh, you know, Eddie is one of my best friends outside of wrestling. Uh, we were really close friends even before I got into wrestling. And, uh, yeah, he's been one of my biggest rivals. We fought each other uh, in, like, I'd say, easily 50 different matches been on the same team, been against each other. Uh, I enjoy beating on him every chance I get. He's one of my absolute <laughs> favorite people to put a hurting on, to chop, to, you know, just just take a lot of liberties on him because uh, he's a good friend and, you know, he won't mind. And even if he does, ah, well, you know, too bad for
0: him. Yeah, no, I get that, man. I mean, I wish I would have got that point. Uh, it was funny because I was talking on my last podcast, you know, about six years ago, I actually tried off a of pro wrestling myself. Um, ended up with a concussion my first day, so I never That's got not. to really – do it, unfortunately, but the Rocket Paul Matthews was actually my name, um, which I thought was really cool, you know, but I I love talking wrestling, I love talking about your starts and stuff like that, I mean, how old were you when you started?
1: Uh, I was 17 when I first started wrestling, so, um, you know, I I wouldn't say I was anything of like a, you know, a child prodigy, that kind of thing, but uh, looking at some of the people I wrestle with now, though, there'll be people who will be older than me and won't have as much experience in wrestling, so I guess I did start younger than most. And uh, I was just straight out of high school, right into pro wrestling. It's what I wanted to do. I didn't want to do anything else. It was just wrestling, and that's about it.
0: Now, have you ever gotten a chance to, like, do a uh, uh, show with, like, Impact Wrestling, Ring of Honor, anything like that? Like, Nope, even neither, if it's, neither. Neither. Never,
1: never did a show for either of them. I did uh, Impact or TNA at the time back in 2011. Uh, okay. I did their gut check. There's a fantastic video you can see online – Uh, This was in Plattsburgh, New York, and uh, at the time we were like, I'd say about 30 guys there, and they tried us out in different kinds of different things, you know, doing some spots in the ring, doing some technical wrestling. They gave us each a match and kind of followed us around and, you know, had us talk and stuff. You can see a great video of that on YouTube uh, where I'd say a good 80% of the video is me just, you know, pretty much running my mouth like I love to do and uh, telling it like it is. And uh, I really thought good things were gonna come of it. I mean, that tryout, uh, everyone loved me, all the people who were running it, D'Lo Brown, Jeremy Borash, Jeff Jarrett himself. Uh, Unfortunately, it's just a case of bad timing. It was a transitional period in TNA. And uh, also at the time, and you know, this is a bit of an exclusive for you because I've never said this in an interview yet, and it kind of surprises me I haven't said it yet. But uh, (laughs) at the time, one of the main things that stopped me from getting hired was the fact that they didn't hire Canadians. I was literally told in those words when I, you know, just kept pestering D'Lo and being like, hey, man, what's up? You know, why is it that you guys tell me I passed the flying colors? I blew you guys away when it came to my tryout. But now there's always these hurdles and these obstacles. And he's like, I have pitched your name for a few things, but it always comes back to the same thing. That being we're not hiring Canadians. So, you know, I was more or less discriminated against by that administration. And I hold no ill will towards D'Lo. Because I do believe he was trying his best to get me a position in the company. And I do believe he would bring my name up, like he told me, in those creative meetings. He would pitch my name to the guys right in the show saying, hey, we got this kid that did gut check, was better than everybody. Uh, it just came down to, hey, we're not hiring Canadians. That's literally what I was told. And I will go on record with that. And if you want to get D'Lo Brown an interview, I would love to get him in an interview because I'm pretty sure he would say the same thing. Now, I don't hold that against impact because it's a whole different administration. It's a different ownership. Just so happens that there's two Canadians involved in the company and Scott Demore and Don Callis. So things are probably a bit different, but that's only the tip of the iceberg because the real problem is getting Canadians there, getting work visas, that whole process. So it's easy to go just pick up any wrestler off the American independence scene give him a position in the company because he'll cost, you know, whatever minimal cost it costs. For a Canadian, you're looking at close to 10 grand and that's 10 grand, probably American. So that's a lot more money than, you know, what it is uh, for an American citizen. it, it, It would be for us a lot more money because of the exchange rate. And then there's the possibility you get refused. So that money might just disappear. Now for me, it's not a money issue. I've always said, I wish I could just throw money at this problem. I'd be happy to pay out whatever it would cost to get a work visa, but you need the backing of one of those companies to be able to endorse you, go to the American government and say this person is gonna be an exceptional talent that is gonna do this job better than any American can do because by definition, that's what it has to be. And you have to show you know, your low impact on the labor force and that you're gonna be a good addition to the company. So they have to go to bat for you. And oftentimes that means pretty big fees to pay for the actual work visa and then there's the legal fees to go along with that on top of it, because you need a lawyer to look all that over and to notarize it and whatnot. So it's a long, strenuous process. And that goes for any Canadian who even just wants to go work anywhere in the United States. I could go want to work on, on Blow's local indie, and the border has every right to stop me because I can't go there because my presence there, even if I'm not paid, is taking a job away from an American citizen. Anyone who has gone and wrestled in the United States without a work visa is taking the biggest risk because you can get banned. I know good friends of mine got banned five years, and that's five years of your life. You cannot set foot in the United States. You cannot even go there if you just want to go shopping. Like, that's what we face. So it's really not as easy for us here in Canada. It's not a level playing field. What I always tell people is it's really not much different than you know the Negro Leagues in baseball. You know, where you had Jackie Robinson who finally managed to burst open the floodgates and make it so that it didn't matter what the color of your skin was, what mattered was your talent. Unfortunately, Canadians face a form of what I like to call systemic ignorance, which is that these big companies don't realize we can't just go and work all the big name independents and build our name for ourselves. So how are we gonna get hired by a company like a Ring of Honor, like a TNA, if we can't go and perform? in maryland or in uh in nashville or wherever their shows are being done there in tennessee we can't go there we can't even go and try out legally so how are they going to know who we are you can only learn so much about somebody watching a match on youtube you can see okay they're a good athlete they're a good performer you don't get a sense of what they're like behind the scenes is this person someone that has respect for the business is this someone who you know can maybe be a good presence in a locker room is this a fun guy to have on a road trip is this someone who outside of the ring is as excellent as they are inside the ring we don't get to rub shoulders with these people so that's why it's ignorance the reason you don't see more canadians in these companies and i'll even give you some examples because a company like ring of honor one canadian in the company unless you count angelina love but she's pretty much americanized by this point Um, mlw they have no canadian wrestlers on the roster despite the fact that these companies have you know america obviously americans but australians people from the UK, Mexicans, Canada, actually much closer to these companies headquarters than all those countries, not represented whatsoever. It's systemic ignorance. It's a system that's built, that's outdated in its mindset and in its execution. And the fact that Canadians are not being given any form of a equal playing field, we're not being given scouting. It's really just to the detriment of those companies, but especially to the detriment of the great talent in Canada who aren't being allowed to excel to the next level, myself included.
0: And I have to agree with that, too, because, you know, I've been a fan of wrestling my entire life. And like you said, I mean, you don't see a lot of Canadians in wrestling. I think WWE has the most, and they don't even have that many. No. And and I'll go
1: one further on you. All the ones that have made it have made it off of their accomplishments outside of Canada, specifically in the United States. Now wrap your head around that one.
0: Ah, I mean, that's rough, man. I mean, that's rough, for oh, sure. I'm
1: living, it. I'm, I'm living it, man. This is this is what I eat, breathe, and sleep every single day. I wake up in the morning, it's the first thought on my head. It's the last thought when I go to bed at night. And what can I do to keep getting the word out there? That's why I'm so thankful for people like you to give me a platform to talk about this. Because, look, I never wanted to be an activist. I, I, I never wanted to be a politician in the wrestling sense or in the real world sense. But it, it takes someone with, with, with the gumption... And, and, the, and the temerity to be able to address these issues and articulate it in a way people can understand, to realize that Canadians deserve a chance. You know, I get a lot of guys online, I'll go back and forth with them. They'll say, oh, well, you just gotta find another way. You just gotta work hard. And, and, and it's not that simple. It's have worked, how do you work? How did people ages ago, you know, my ancestors worked their way out of slavery. You don't just work your way out of that. The system has to change. And that's what right. the issue is. People are, are, are the wrestling has become so, uh, you know, it's become so jiggy these days now. It's everyone's getting paid. There's so many jobs. There's so many, It's not that way in Canada. It's worse than it's ever been. Everyone's going around, big smile on their face. Everyone's posting about, oh, they bought their new car and wrestling has done this. And wrestling has not done anything for us here, especially with COVID. But in the long run, we're just not being looked at. We're not being treated equally. We're suffering here. And that's the reality I try to bring. I'm not going to do these interviews and, and, you know, talk about how great my career is or how happy I am. I'm not a happy person. And I reflect a lot of us here in Canada because we're not getting those opportunities, but eventually, you know, we keep going at this. We keep getting the word out there. Something has got to give and I ain't giving up on myself and I ain't giving up on my fellow countrymen.
0: No, I get that, man. And like I said, I mean, I watched a lot of your stuff on YouTube. I I want, I'm going to say this right now. Like I said, I think you're a ridiculously talented wrestler. Um, you know, in ring, you know, I, I see a lot of the spots you take and stuff like that. Safe worker. Um, you know, and I can tell that you deserve an opportunity. Um, with how impact is right now, like, like you said, Scott, the more backstage, Don Callis, stuff like that. Um, you know, they gave a little bit of a platform for a guy like Ethan page to come out there and do his thing. Um, for a little bit. And that was the first main break. I think he really got, um, you know, and I would love to see more Canadian wrestlers come out there. Cause there's a lot of them that are really good. Uh, Mike Speedball, Bailey. Um, I mean, look what happened to him. I mean, I think something happened where he was put back into Canada for five years, can't come back to the States or something like that. Um, or three years or some, some shit. I don't five remember years. what it was. Five. Yeah. So, I mean, and you know, it sucks because, you don't see many Canadian wrestlers out here. You don't. And, and I think really- a lot of WWE's top talent, like Edge, like Christian, like Trish Stratus, like they came from Canada. Chris Jericho came from Canada. And, you know, these wrestlers, um, you know, they got a spotlight to shine. And I think the wrestling world as a whole, especially like WWE, they're doing all these NXT branches, they're doing ones in. Um UK, they're talking about one they're doing one in India soon. They're talking about possibly doing another NXT main show. Why not do something in Canada? Give guys like you a chance, you know? Um I mean I would love to see more more guys from Canada get that spotlight.
1: Well what I would say is this. Now I don't know for sure what their reasoning is. Um we got an episode of Joko and the drop in the Ring dropping. Uh again, I don't know when you're gonna put this episode out, but I, I get the impression it's coming out uh Friday. Tomorrow, yep. So Friday. <laughs> So next Tuesday, our episode of JoFo in the Ring, I have TJ Wilson on. Now, I've known TJ for over 10 years. He's one of the most supportive people to me in all of WWE. And he came on my show. He talked with us for over two hours. And this was a main topic that we discussed where he explained how even he wasn't aware of it. And when it comes to scouting, it's the case of who's scouting for Canada. Wh- whose responsibility is it to scout Canada? Is Edge scouting Canada? Is, you know, Chris Jericho scouting Canada? Uh, is, is Are any of these guys who lived through this same grind looking at Canada and saying, hey, there's all these guys. I know what it was like. I knew it was hard getting through the border. I knew it was hard going through all the paperwork for work visas and, and maybe even just taking the, the time to be a little self-aware and to say, hey, wh- where are all the Canadians? Who are these guys? How are they getting here? And why aren't there more? You know, why are we being outnumbered by people from the UK when we are geographically closer to that company's headquarters. I'll put it to you like this. Why are there so few Canadians when a place like, let's say Ontario, is closer to WWE's headquarters than if they were to you know, get talent from Texas? If they were to get talent from California? It, it, people don't understand that you know, even though we're not part of the United States portion, we are all Americans as part of North America. Yet yeah. the border separates so many great talents from being able to actually put in work go on the road, go to these bigger companies that would be glad to use them. I have to turn down bookings. I've I've had to turn down all kinds of bookings, cushy bookings, flights, hotels, big money. I've had to turn that down for independent companies that see what I do because I can't risk it. I can't risk going without the proper work papers. That's the ridiculousness of this. People will think, Oh, this Jeremy guy, well, you know, uh i haven't seen any of his work but he he must just not be that good no no watch what i do i'm self-aware enough to know i am really good at a lot of things it's not a lack of talent and that's on me and that's on everybody else here in canada it's a lack of equal opportunity it's a system that is totally ignorant to our existence
0: yeah i mean that's really sad to say that i mean you like like you said a solid point i mean Canada's is right in North America. I mean, it's right there. Um, you know, you I, I got myself
1: in literally thirty minutes from the border.
0: Yeah, and you got guys uh, getting scouted in Europe. You got guys getting scouted all over the place. You know, European wrestlers come to the states more than you see Canadian wrestlers come to the states. Yeah, and um, you know, it, it's it's harsh because there's a lot of good talent in Canada. Like I said, you know, a lot of good athletes come out of Canada. You, Speedball Bailey. Um, you know, Tyson Kidd, Natalia, like all these guys came from Canada. Yeah. And, you know, they don't get as much platform to show. And, and it's sad because you guys are just strict to YouTube because you get people that take videos off their phones and post it because you don't get those chances like everybody else does. It's
1: exactly that. It, we, we don't. We don't have the same playing field. And if we did, we'd be putting a lot of guys to shame. You know, it's like I always say about me, I don't want to toot my own horn, but you know, if you want to take the top wrestlers in the world, take take all the top wrestlers and I look at myself and I say, how many of them bring as complete of a skill set to the table as I do? How many guys can rock the mic, cut a sick promo, you know, right off the top of their head, no need to practice on anybody anytime anywhere? How many guys look the part, in the gym every day, diet in every day? I always say, if somebody missed one day at the gym, then Clearly, they haven't worked as hard as me because I don't miss any days, even with gym closes, gyms closed, uh, and very strict COVID lockdown that we're under here in Quebec. Then, when it comes to the in ring, the aerial ability, the technical ability, the brawling, the viciousness, the psychology, uh, I would put myself up against anyone in this world, and I would not be the worst performer in any of the top companies. So, I always say I'm the run to the litter because just like me, there's hundreds of guys, hundreds of guys just as good maybe even better. Unfortunately, nobody's looking. The scouts are not paying attention to Canada. Um, And what can I say? Everyone has their favorites. So I really just think that's what it comes down to, is that the guys in the positions to hire talent have their favorites. They have people they've crossed shoulders with, people who send them uh, Christmas cards and birthday wishes and these kinds of things. We don't get those opportunities to even meet these people and rub shoulders with them, let alone on a weekly basis, On independent shows. So that's actually what's hurting us more than the actual in ring ability. Because let's face it, good is a subjective thing. You know, we can watch the same wrestler, you and I. I may think the guy's great. You might think he's terrible or vice versa. Good is subjective. But the fact is, everyone should be getting an opportunity. And that's either an opportunity to succeed or fail. We're just not getting opportunities. I know I'm not.
0: And that's, I mean, you, you just said it's another solid point. Um, I mean, everybody's views on every wrestler is different. I mean, like I said, I've been a fan of it pretty much my entire life. And, uh, you know, like a guy like Braun Strowman, he's a big dude. Do I think he's a great wrestler? I don't. And there's a lot of people that have a bigger view on that and say, no, Braun Strowman's awesome. But I think a guy like a big show had more in-ring skill than a guy like a Braun Strowman. Um, back. I want to say back in WCW early days of WWF slash WWE, Big Show had that talent. Of course, now he's getting older. He's slowing down. He can't go like that. And people are like, all right get him out of the ring." I agree. But you know, guys like that. I mean, I I will shit you not. I'll talk about wrestling. I'll judge it and. You made a solid point. There's not a lot of wrestlers that will sit there and be good on the mic, good in the ring, have the look, have the athleticism, you know, work out, you know, all this stuff. I mean, like you're you're comfortable, obviously, on the mic. You're obviously comfortable talking. You're in front of other people. Um, you know, you have your own podcast. You do wrestling. Um, you know, obviously, it's something that you really work well at. And that's one main thing to me is in wrestling, you have to be able to talk. If you can't talk, you're not going to do well. Yeah, you're not
1: going to draw money. I mean, you got to sell tickets. You got to make people want to see the match. And then you also got to deliver. You got to have both of those. You got to be a salesman and you got to be a delivery man. You got to be able to deliver the goods when the spotlight's on you. Because if you talk people into the building and they come to see you and they're disappointed, they ain't never going to pay money to see you again. So that's what oh, it comes right. down to. My skill set is just, you know, the, the realization that, you need to have all those things as a wrestler. And, but then it's frustrating when you see people who are good at maybe one thing. They're just a good promo. They're just a body. They're just an acrobat. You know. And I mean, that's what I
0: say, like, about Enzo Amore. I mean, dude was awesome on the mic. Awesome. But in ring, was he great? And eh, he could have been a lot better. But dude was awesome on the mic. And he sold merch because of solely how he cut promos.
1: Yeah. Now imagine and, and, not to cut you off, but imagine if Enzo Amore were like Jack to the Gills and an amazing high flyer and a great brawler and could take amazing bumps and make everybody look good. Imagine if he was the whole package. This guy got by being more or less just one thing. Power to him. He made a good he made a good dollar for himself, but he was just good at one thing. That's yeah. why if the scouting were a bit better, they'd see there are guys in Canada who are good at many more things guys like myself. I mean, I can only speak for myself because I've lived with me for my entire life, but <laughs> I'm not a one tool player. I never will be.
0: Right. And that's, I mean, that's the thing, man. I shit you not. Like, like I said, I mean, I tried out for pro wrestling. I used to cut mirrors in the, the or promos in the mirror all the time. I, you know, I, I would, I would do that. I would pack a pretend suitcase. Like I had this whole thing going, man. I, I, I loved it. And, you know what? If you can't if you can't talk on the mic, you can't feel comfortable. You're not going to make it in pro wrestling because that's a big reason that you're there. I mean, look what happened to a guy like John Morrison. Look what happened to Shelton Benjamin. They left WWE because the the rumor was is they couldn't cut a well enough promo, mm. and, and that's what it is. Is you start getting to that point and you start getting those solo pushes in wrestling, and you don't have somebody to carry your back. You know, so like when Enzo and Cass were together, Cass could wrestle, but he couldn't talk on the mic. Enzo couldn't wrestle, but he could talk on the mic. So they paired them together. But guys like, you know, like you guys, like Ethan Page, you, you know, Bailey, Trish Stratus, you know, stuff like that. You know, I've listened to you talk. I listen to you cut promos on your YouTube matches and stuff like that. Um, You know, and like I said, I I don't see why these guys don't give Canadian wrestlers a chance because I would love to see you on even like ovw even if it's something like that man i watch ovw every week you know I, I check it out every week and and stuff like that gives people platforms to try out too but i mean it sucks man because like i said i mean there's a lot of canadian talent like you said that is up there and they can't get even a, a guy to come out there and check you guys out no they can't get any kind of a scout which is really sad and Um, you know, when I post this on Twitter, I'm going to, I'm going to tag some, some promotions and say like, you know, you guys need more people out there because It's, it's always,
1: it's always appreciated when anyone does that. And yeah, scouting is the answer because let's face it. It's either go big or go home. OVW. I don't think they have the pull to be able to get anyone work visas. Otherwise they probably have a few Canadians there that aren't just Canadians flying under the radar. You know, um, one of my good friends, Alex Silva, the first. TNA gut check winner. Um, He was in OVW. He was there on his own dollar, on his own dime. They didn't have a work visa for him. It was one of the reasons why when he won the gut check, you didn't see him on TV and you didn't see him, you know, doing stuff right away because they weren't prepared for that. They thought he was an American. This is the kind of discrimination that we faced as Canadians for years. And nobody talks about it. It takes me, it takes this guy with 300 or so followers on Twitter to, to start making some noise about this. But, you know, I don't care how many people follow me because I'm a one man army on my own. I'm gonna make yeah. sure that this gets heard. And I've, like I said, I've already taken the fight to tons of people, uh, you know, with, with TJ Wilson. Um, I managed to, to get a mention on a recent impact, um, on a recent impact media call. Uh, someone name dropped me to Tommy Dreamer and Lo in talking about how Canadians are not getting the same opportunities slowly and slowly the dominoes are going to keep falling and someone's going to have to take notice. Like I said, I always say this, you know, it's that if you hear the people, you don't have to fear the people. And I don't care how much fear I got to put into those companies with this crusade. Someone is going to take notice. Someone is going to take me up on this. Hey, I'm happy to debate anyone from any company, anyone, anywhere, anytime, anyone who wants to Mm -hmm. tell me that the scouting is not what I think. Okay, fine. But be prepared for what I have to present to you because I present the harsh reality and the harsh reality is what people are living through here in Canada right now. Great talents, not getting their day.
0: And and that's kind of rough too. I mean, knowing a guy like Scott Demore is from Canada, it's kind of hard to even think and imagine that he doesn't even try to pull anybody from Well, I'll
1: say this, Matt, in regards to impact, I'm not too harsh on them because if you look at impact, it's pretty much all Americans. They're, They're not bringing in anybody. So yeah. know, there's no one from the UK, there, there's, there's no one from Australia. There, 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 there are people who are in America and that's all they can use right now because of COVID. So I can't say, hey, you know, Canadians aren't getting a chance. Uh, it's only Americans. I can, I can give them a pass on that. And they do have some Canadians there. Um, but a company, let's say like Ring of Honor where they have TV here in Canada, um, they have come here before. What reason is there why they have tons of Australians Tons of people from the U.K., but only one Canadian. What's the sense in that? I just want equal representation on an international basis throughout all companies. And I think that would be a fair way. Treat Canada like another country. We are another country, even though we share the continent. But why have more Mexicans than Canadians? Why have more people from the U.K.? Why not have just as many when we're a neighboring country? But y'all are not looking at us.
0: No, I understand that, man, for sure, and I understand the frustrations. I mean, I'm not there, so I, I can't say I understand it 100%, but I understand what you're saying 100%. Um, you know, and it, it, it's rough. Like I said, I mean, WWE is opening up so many NXT promotions in different places, and I don't see why they won't sit there and be like, well, Canada's right there, so let's give that a shot. I mean, so many good wrestlers that they had – So many well-known wrestlers like Edge, like Trish Stratus, like Christian, like Chris Jericho, all came from WWE, all came from Canada. And, you know, you got to look at it that all all of them have been world champion. You know, Trish Stratus, former, what, seven-time women's champion, Edge an 11-time world heavyweight champion. Jericho is one of the most well-known professional wrestlers all in the world. You know, you you look at it and you say, Well man, they have some top talent from Canada. You know, you when have you seen a, a, a Japanese wrestler become world champion in WWE? We haven't. When Plus have you, you seen got Yokozuna? Yeah, um that I mean he's Samoan, you know, but but you know, no, I mean they, that's what they booked him as is a Japanese sumo wrestler. And obviously, he wasn't really Japanese and that a lot of people gave shit to Jinder Mahal for being WWE champion because they said he was the first Indian champion. But in my my defense, with that is they they talk so much shit saying he was from Canada that he was in a world or Indian like all this shit. No, I give I I say that's bullshit because yeah he might be Canadian but he's also Indian. Yeah, and, and you got a lot of guys that are from Canada that deserve this platform, but. You know, you hire you got you got United Kingdom um, NXT. You got regular NXT. Like I said, they're talking about doing an NXT India, where they're taking Jinder Mahal from their main product and talking about putting him over there, which is rough because Jinder Mahal has that look, and you're gonna just dish him to India like no nothing, you know. And guys like that, I mean, but you're talking about boosting all these NXT promotions to give people all around the world platforms when Canada is right up north, give them a shot. Give you guys a shot because a guy like you, a guy like Bailey deserves that platform. And obviously if Mike Bailey can't even come out here for a couple years still, I don't know how long it's been, but I know it's been a little bit. Uh, His band
1: is actually up in a couple days.
0: Okay. Yeah, I dude, That went by so fast, (laughs) but, uh, but he shouldn't
1: have had to go through that.
0: No, he shouldn't have. And I remember, um, what, what, what promotion was it? It was um, Defiant Wrestling that he was just wrestling last with. Um, uh, so WCPW.
1: He wrestled for a lot of different promotions, but I know his last booking, if I'm not mistaken, I think he was on his way to PWG or Evolve.
0: I think it was PWG. I think it was a wasn't. I think it, if I'm not mistaken, it was a Battle of Los Angeles or something like that, and he just got told like they were like, yeah, he's got to be replaced. And then I remember reading articles all about it, like, yeah, he got banned. And I was like, well, that's kind of surprising because I don't understand what happened. And then I started reading more about it, and I said, well, that's bullshit.
1: Yeah, that's what we all have to face. That's what we all have to go through. Every time I've gone through the border, I mean, I've wrestled in the United States, never made a dollar doing it, but I've done it, and it's stressful. They'll want to stop you, search you, go through your – do everything short of cavity search you. That, that's what we go through just to want to practice our sport, just to want to make a name for ourselves, just to want to get noticed. You know, in a day and age where people are getting opportunity, opportunity, everything is thrown at them. If one company doesn't want you, the other one will take you. You just have to wrestle for three, four years and be good at one thing. And, you know, you'll be able to make a living in this sport. No one in Canada, no one in Canada is making a living Doing professional wrestling. It's not like in Mexico where they got CMLL and AAA to fall back on and other promotions and they can make a decent living by their living standard. We don't have that. We are fighting yeah. to get through with the biggest obstacle in the world in our way and we're right next door. That's the nonsense of what we live through. And, uh, you know, I'm optimistic, but it's something that somebody else, it shouldn't have been this guy with 300 followers. That is the one to be the loudest voice when it comes to this, but it doesn't matter how big you are, how small you are. It's the fight that you have in you. And if you're willing to fight till the bitter or sweet end, then you will get there and you'll make sure that you're heard one way or another.
0: And it, it's cool, man, because I, I, somebody like me, somebody like straight talk wrestling podcast, you know, stuff like that, like that have had you on the show, um, have literally sat there and they're, you know, somebody like me will always push to get you guys a chance because, uh, You know, like I said, my first interview with Vic, um, he was telling me about how he almost was there, but life got in the way and something happened. He's only looking for that opportunity now and nobody's looking at him, which is sad because, I mean, if he was almost there and life got in the way, you know, you guys would obviously, you know, say like, all right, well, let's give him a chance. Guys like you deserve a chance and you guys aren't getting that opportunity. I've seen so much independent local wrestling shows like black label pro wrestling in crown point, Indiana. And they give guys a platform sometimes not always, but they give, I, th- I think more people I've seen come in there that I've never seen on any other platform before. And I've seen them there and I'm like, dude, this dude was cool. Like Kevin Koo, who's a part of um, violence is forever with Dominic Guarini. I don't know if you ever watched them, but they're in MLW right now. But, you know, I never heard of him until then. And now he's in MLW and he's got something, a bigger platform. And I would love, like, even if it's stuff like that, like independent shows, like, but are, like, borderline bigger. I would love to see you guys get that opportunity. Unfortunately, we
1: can't because of the work visa situation. Not going to happen. It's because it just won't happen. It's a corrupt system. It's a broken system. Uh, And and it's an ignorant system. The main reason why we're not getting there is because they're ignorant to it. Because even the biggest companies don't realize that Canada is different than the U.S., that we can't just go work for the big name indies and make a name for ourselves. Even I'll I'll give you this. And this will be my my last example because I am a little pressed for time. But even a company like WWE, where the protocol is we take people as extras, we evaluate them, we give them maybe a week-long tryout in Florida, and then we hire them. So... How are we getting the same opportunities when they come to Canada maybe once a year, once or twice a year, once in the East, once in the West, if we're lucky. I knew guys when I was working in New England, they get five, six tryouts per year. So the ratio is like five to one to us. We may get one shot. They may never see us again for another two years, not because they don't want to, just because they don't come here with their touring schedule. So we've not been getting these opportunities since the freaking dawn of time. That's how it's been. And I don't know why none of my fellow countrymen are willing to talk about it. Guys are scared to burn bridges. Man, me, I ain't scared of nothing. I ain't gonna burn no bridge because when you're talented in the business, you'll always have a place to work. There'll always be a place for you. And people are gonna hear my voice whether they like it or not. And I don't care if people don't like me. I don't care if they don't like me because it's not about me. It's about the message. So don't judge the messenger. In fact, judge the messenger if you want. I got thick skin, I can take it. But when you <laughs> come down to it, the message is what's important. Stop being ignorant to such great Canadian talent out there and stop thinking that we're not good enough. We're just not getting the opportunity.
0: Yeah. No, uh, man. And like I said, I'm going to throw it out there. I'm going to tweet at Triple H and say, let's get an NXT Canada. Uh, oh, we don't need an NXT
1: yeah. Ca- I'm sorry. I just, but well, we don't need an NXT Canada. We just need better scouting. They can have an NXT in the UK to sign guys, make it easier for them. We are no different. We are all Americans in North America. Scout us the same way you scout everybody else. Put, put a guy Ed. like Edge in charge of it. Put, put, put him in charge of scouting Canada, make him go show to show, make him watch indies and make him find, I mean, Edge is just one example. There's a lot of Canadians that have uh, perforated into the inner circle of you know how WWE is run. So that's all they really need to do is just get a proper scout or a proper team of scouts. Hell, hire me to be a scout. I know everything about Canada, coast to coast, Vancouver to St. John's, I'm the guy.
0: Yeah. I mean, dude, I, I'm way for it. I'm, I'm hundred percent on board. I would love to see you on a platform to get that chance to shine, get to show everybody what you're Thank all you. about. I it. Um, but yeah, Jeremy, I would love to have you on again. I know I messed up on time myself, so we haven't had a long time to talk. It's all
1: good. I'll be happy to come back on here in the very, very, very near future. You can quote me on that.
0: Absolutely. Jeremy, I appreciate it, man. I appreciate your input on Kennedy and wrestling, not getting a chance to shine um you know i I hope hopefully it changes sooner than later because you guys deserve that platform we shall Um, overcome
1: my friend we shall
0: absolutely jeremy thank you for coming on the show i hope you guys enjoyed follow jeremy on social media guys um and we'll chat again man
1: thank you
0: thank you